Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. We live in such an unsettled time, an uncertain time, a time of COVID variants, restrictions, lockdowns, mandates, inflation, supply chain disruptions, labor shortages, increasing urban crime, political divisions, social divisions, China, Russia. Fear is in the air, lurking around the corner, ready to spring. Anger and frustration bubbles and simmers under the surface. And Christmas comes again. In the midst of it all, in the midst of the fear, the anxiety, the frustration, the uncertainty, Christmas comes again. And we need it. We need to be reminded. We need to be retold. We need to rehear the good tidings it brings. The world needs the good tidings it brings. Good news. A gift. For Christmas is a gift. In fact, it is the gift, a simple gift. A simple story. A 2,000-year-old story. A man and a woman, Joseph and Mary, traveling. Traveling because of a government mandate. Traveling to Bethlehem, where they could find no place to stay, except a stable. And there, among the sound and smell of animals and feed and earth, a baby was born. And his name was Jesus. That's it. That's the story. That's the glad tidings. That's the good news of great joy. Well, if it is good news, if it is glad tidings, what does a baby born on the other side of the world 2,000 years ago have to do with COVID and inflation and crime and supply chains and division and fear? And what about you? What does a baby born on the other side of the world 2,000 years ago have to do with your life, your hopes? your fears, your anxieties, your regrets, your misgivings, your failures? What does Christmas have to do with your struggles, your struggles with finances or depression or anger or guilt or lust, struggles with your health? What does it have to do with the relationships in your life, those that are healthy and unhealthy, solid and fragile? What does it have to do with your future, 2022? What does it have to do with tomorrow or the next hour or the next minute or the next breath you take? What does Christmas have to do with any of this? What does a baby born 2,000 years ago have to do with it? Much. In fact, everything. And our passage from Colossians shows this. In these six verses in Colossians, this, it is as if Paul sings. Now, some scholars have stated that this passage is a hymn, a hymn of praise. If so, in this song, Paul ascends the glorious heights of heaven, and he takes us with him. 
In this song, Paul describes the indescribable, the impossible made possible, a mystery shrouded in a mystery. Paul shows us that the simple gift of Christmas isn't really that simple. He shows that there is more than meets the eye to this simple story, that there's more than meets the eye to the babe born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. For this baby, born in a stable, born to Mary, is the image of God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, wrapped in swaddling cloths. The word translated image is the Greek word icon. It's the same word used for idols. It's the same word used for representations of gods carved in wood and stone. For example, in the Parthenon in Athens, there was an icon, an image, a statue of the Greek goddess Athena. She was the goddess of wisdom for whom Athens was named. In Greek thought, an image shared the essence of what it represented. So when you went to the Parthenon and you worshiped the icon of Athena, the statue of Athena, the representation of Athena, you worshiped the goddess. The icon shared in the essence, the being of the goddess. Well, Jesus is the icon of the invisible God. Jesus is the visible representation of God. He is the exact representation of God, which means in Christ, you see who God is. You see his righteousness, holiness, wisdom, goodness, power, mercy, and love. In Jesus, you see who God is in person, in the flesh. Don't seek God anywhere else. You may find glimpses of him. You may find flashes of his glory, whether it's in nature or philosophy or art or science, but only Jesus. Only Jesus is the image. Anything else is an idol. For only in this image, only in Jesus, can you know God and know his heart for you. And when you do, when you do, you can clearly see his beauty, his wisdom, his truth in nature, in philosophy, in art, in science. You are made in the image of God. Jesus is the image. You are made in the image, his image. Our Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter one tells us that God made man in his image, male and female in his image. Nothing else in all of creation, on earth, in the heavens, in the farthest reaches of the galaxies has this designation, this honor. You were created to reflect God in your life, to reflect his righteousness, holiness, wisdom, goodness, power, mercy, and love. But sin has shattered this image. Your sin has broken this image, marred it. The pieces are scattered. But the one who is the image of the invisible God has come to restore that image, mend 
that image, recreate you, sanctify you, show you what that image is meant to be. And he was held in the arms of Mary. Paul also tells us that the image of God is the firstborn of all creation. Now, that does not mean that Jesus was the first being created or the first being born as if there was a time when he was not. Paul has something different in mind, a different sense of the word firstborn. In the Old Testament, firstborn firstborn expressed status. Firstborn expressed standing, rank, stature, honor, authority. A passage from the book of Psalms illustrates this well. Psalm 89 is one of the royal Psalms. It's a prayer that uplifts the office of the king of Israel, anointed by God, called by God to lead God's people. Now, verse 27 of Psalm 89 is the Lord speaking about the king, speaking about the descendant of David. Listen to Psalm 89, 27. And I will make him the firstborn the highest of the kings of the earth. Firstborn, not the firstborn of kings, but firstborn as the highest of kings, king of kings, above all kings, in power and dominion and majesty, sovereign. Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. He is above and over all creation. He outranks all creation. He is preeminent over all creation. He has authority over all creation. Why? How? When verse 16, Paul tells us, all things were created through him and for him. All things came to be through Jesus. All things. Sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the galaxies, oceans, rivers, streams, mountains, forests, deserts, valleys, hills, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, you, powers and authorities, everything. Everything your eyes and ears take in, everything visible and invisible, all created through Jesus. Now, the Gospel of John identifies Jesus as the Word the word of God. And listen to the first three verses of John's gospel. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. All things were made through the word. God created through his word. God spoke creation into being. He said, let there be light. And it was, he said, let the earth sprout vegetation. And it did. God spoke words and creation came to be. God created through his word. Jesus. All things were created through him. And for him. Creation is for Jesus. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the goal. He is the firstborn. And his newborn cries were heard in the night in Bethlehem. 
but his role in creation did not simply cease after the sixth day. Paul writes this in verse 17, in him all things hold together. Consider this, Jesus holds all things together, which means the universe is not self-sufficient. Life on this planet is not self-sufficient. You are not self-sufficient. Creation is dependent from the tiniest particle, an electron, to the tiniest particles that make up electrons, to the largest galaxy, all dependent. You are dependent on Jesus. He, he holds all things together. If it were not for Jesus, electrons would fly out of their orbits around nuclei. If it were not for Jesus, planets would fly out of their orbits around stars. Galaxies would collide. If it were not for Jesus, mountains would crumble. Oceans would rise. If it were not for Jesus, there would not be enough oxygen for you to take your next breath. If it were not for Jesus, your heart would not receive the electric pulse it needs to take the next beat. Without Jesus, creation would be chaos. He holds it together. He is the center. He is the glue. In him, all things hold together. And he was laid in a manger. Yes, we live in an uncertain time, an unsettled time, one of fear, one of frustration, and we need the good news of Christmas. We need to hear the simple story that is not so simple. We need to hear its glad tidings ring loud. We need the light it brings, the joy it brings. Christ is born. He is the image of the invisible God. Christ is born. He is the firstborn of all creation. Christ is born. All things were created through him and for him. Christ is born. In him, all things hold together. By faith, you're in his hands. By faith, you are in his hands. The hands that fashioned all of creation, the hands that fashioned you in his image, the tiny hands that Mary first grasped in a stable, hands that were pierced with nails, the hands that still hold all things together, you are in those hands. And there, no future is uncertain. There, no future is unsteady. There, no struggle is eternal. A simple story, a simple message, good news, celebrate it with joy. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 